For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and to give you a future. Welcome, whether you're visiting us online this morning or whether you're here with us this morning. If you're able to stand, let's stand together and worship the Lord.
Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. We've got a house full today. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. It is so good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Our reading today from the Holy Bible is in the book of Psalms. Psalms 51. A Psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had sinned. He says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. And I love this part. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Can we bow our heads in holy reverence to God as we go to the throne of God to pray? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for this beautiful day that you have blessed us with. Yes, the sun is shining and the birds are singing. But even if that wasn't happening at this time, we are still so blessed because you are our God and our God reigns. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for watching over us, for waking us up this morning, for touching us with your precious finger of life. We thank you, dear God, for the word of God says our very next breath. And all of our ways come from you. So we just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to come today and give you honor and give you glory. To pay homage unto you. Unto the one in whom we live and move and have our very being. Father God, we ask that you bless us as we go throughout this day. As we go throughout our lives. We need your presence, dear God. We need the joy that comes from being in your presence, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Help us, O oh God. Keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, especially in these times, dear God. They're precarious times. But, Lord, we know you're in control, and we know there's nothing too hard for you, Lord. You said you would give your, change, your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways that they would bear us up in their hands, that we not dash our foot against the stones. Help us, O oh God, to look up unto the hills <laughs> from which come up our help. For indeed our help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Father, we ask that you help those who are by themselves these days. They're isolated. They need your presence, God. Let them feel you, O oh Lord. We ask that you touch the lives of the elderly. So many of them, dear God, feel so alone. So isolated, awesome, helpless. Let them know, dear God, that you have not forsaken them, that you're right there with them. 
that they need not be afraid nor dismayed. For your word says that where the Lord, where they are, you are. And Lord, that is so comforting to all of us. Bless our little ones, the little children. They must be baffled, not wondering what is going on in this world, what is happening. Help them, dear God, to feel you, to know you, to know that you will lead them and guide them, and that you still order the steps of righteous people according to your word. Lord, we ask this once again that you keep charge over us. Bless our pastor. Bless all our church uh, officials, the elders, the staff members, and everybody who's filling these pews today and those who are watching. And Lord, we're just going to trust in you. We're not going to fear. We're going to love you with all of our heart and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, CTC family. I'm Michelle. And I'm Kendall. And we've got this week's news. Our young adults group is beginning to meet together again on July 11th. The group meets on Saturdays at 6 p.m. at the Ellesmere campus for food, fellowship, and games. If you are in this age group and would like to join, contact Bryce Maynard at 302-312-1006 or Rebecca Simpson at 302-494-7400. The Ellesmere campus is located at 6 North Clifton Avenue in Wilmington. Family Promise is a ministry that reaches out to the homeless and low-income families to help them achieve independence through a community-based response. Many of you have already been involved with Family Promise. Our church is committed to provide meals during the week of July 12th through the 18th. If you would like to be a part of this ministry, contact Joy Greenlee at joyf2 at verizon.net. Pastor Roger wants you to know about our scouting ministry. We are excited to already have 25 Eagle Scouts in Troop 902. And our latest projects include a fire pit and a walking trail that will connect to Mansion Farms development. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862. Or you can text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email your request to prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. so glad all of you are here this morning and every week we get more and more people and that's great and uh, but we all need to be careful we all need to still wear masks when necessary and but it is really good to get together and uh, to to celebrate and to worship God together so thank you for coming out and being here this morning and welcome everybody who's online whether you're online or whether you're here in the building we're here together to live out our faith in Jesus Christ and there are things that we do that we do that in certain ways here at Christ the Cornerstone we we love God we connect to each other in small groups and this and this covid thing has just totally interrupted our small group <laughs> gathering ability but i'm trusting that that as you're out among other people that you're still connecting with each other because that is so essential for following Jesus Christ, that we stay connected to one another. And then we use our gifts and our abilities and what God has given us to serve others, to be Christ to others. We tell others the good news of Jesus and we share our resources uh, gladly with each other, generously. And, and you have been generous and I'm thankful for the ways that, 
Even though we haven't been gathering together, everybody has been generous to support and to give and to share and to even give extra because we have had to help a lot of people this this winter in different ways that we haven't been able, haven't had to help and people have needed things and we've been right there helping people and I want to thank you for that. Before we take our offering this morning, I want to remind you that if you're online or even if you're here in the room, you can give by you can still give online, and that's an easy way. We encourage you even to set up a, a regular giving pattern, and you can do that through our own website or through your own bank, setting up regular giving. We encourage you to do that. If you're here and you want to make a, a, a contribution, there are envelopes on the table by the door as you leave, and you can fill one of those out, and there's also a basket by the door. Uh, that you can place your offering in. Remember, these are the ways that we collect prayer requests as well. So if you're here, you can put your prayer requests on the envelope or also online. The Connect card is through our website. Uh, Just go to ctcde.net and click Connect card. You can let us know that you are here, and there you can also fill out uh, a prayer request. So whether you're in the room or at home, Uh, The Connect card is available for you to to fill out and let us know how we can pray for each other and stay connected that way. I want to tell you about one one other thing coming up the end of this month is normally during the summer, our pattern is to have uh, vacation Bible family vacation Bible school each Wednesday night and we meet here. But we haven't been able to do that. And so what we're planning this year is a backyard VBS. And so what we're asking is families who are willing to do this can uh, can sign up for it. And there's a way to do that on our website as well. And what we're asking you to do is gather some friends, your children's friends. And each week uh, we will provide with you a kit of information and, and supplies so that you can have a time of teaching the Bible to, to your children and to your friends. And uh, just gather together. There will be a snack in it, craft uh, supplies and ideas, and it will be a great time for us to gather together. And a great outreach because you, normally we would ask people to come here, but you can invite other kids that you know in your neighborhood to come to your backyard and uh, once a week uh, enjoy this time together and, and fellowshipping. Of course, it's got to be safe, and we've got to pay attention to those kinds of things. But this is a way that we can, that our children's ministry is providing uh, Vacation Bible School this summer. So look for that. Tony is going to be here uh, to, in the next couple of weeks to tell us more about that. So let's continue to worship God as you give, and you give generously, and you share prayer requests. And the praise team leads us in singing. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us today. Bless us in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Hallelujah. God is the great I am. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we bless your holy name. Because, Father, you are God. You are the creator of earth and all mankind. And how mighty are you? You are bigger. You are better. You are greater than all of our struggles and all of our trials. You are the God that delivers us from sin that heals us from disease, that fills our mouth with good things, and we give you glory on this day. Father God, as we turn to hear a word from you, we ask that you open our ears and that you impart spiritual wisdom to us so that your word can be rightly divided and applied in our life. We ask that you bless our pastor, Father God, because you've equipped him for mighty works, and we are so grateful that you've led him here. And we just hope that the word that fills our spirit will not return void and that we will go forth into the world proclaiming your good news, proclaiming the gospel according to Jesus Christ. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have to do something with just us in general, like our selfishness, maybe sometimes, or just like humankind. 
Yeah. Kind of seems to always have some kind of an issue. Some, something that ruins the peace or makes life difficult for someone. Something selfishness, maybe la- even laziness, or just turning the other way. I guess, yeah, that's, I guess, the good and bad thing about free will is we have free will, but then also we, we don't, we have to deal with the consequences of the choices that we make. Yeah. For, for having those conversations, Christy looks so embarrassed. They're fine. They're great conversations. They get us. They get us started. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so today's question is: Why is life so hard? And so that's kind of that was the question that Christy and Rebecca were talking about around the fire as the airplane was was going over. But before we get into that question, I've got another couple of other why questions. Colin, here's a question for you. Ready? Yeah. Why did the cookie go to the doctor? I don't know. Because he was feeling crummy. Why did the hamburger go to the dance? Because the hot dog invited her to the meatball. That's a good one. (laughs) Why did Jason wear two pairs of pants to play golf? Because he was expecting a hole-in-one. That's good, I know. Why did Amelia eat her homework? Because the teacher said it would be a piece of cake. Yeah. They're not laughing at home either. A toddler asked her father, Daddy, why is the sky blue? Now, her dad happened to be a NASA scientist, so he gave the scientific answer. Sunlight reaches the Earth's atmosphere and is scattered in all directions by the gases and and particles in the air. And blue light is scattered more than all the other colors because it travels in shorter, smaller waves. That's why we see blue sky most of the time. Tyler's daughter said, why? Dad said, because that's the way God made it. Why? Why? Dad said, getting a little frustrated, so that you can ask why. Little girl said, why, Daddy? Dad said, I don't know. (laughs) Little girl said, why, Daddy? (laughs) Father said, ask your mother. (laughs) We all ask why. It's, It's a natural question. It comes out. We want to know why these things. And when I ask for questions... That people are asking for this series of messages. I got a response from a young adult that had that had a long list of why questions. And so I'm going to read this this list of why questions. But some of them you can tell that you, you, you can tell that there's a there's a uh, there's an assumption being made uh, underlying the question. But I don't want us to judge 
uh, the, the person asking. You know, there are many times when we just need to listen to the question that's being asked without judging or without, without presuming that here's the answer. So listen to this list of questions from a young adult who's obviously in college. Why is college so hard? Why are there expectations in life? Why do people tend to be rude and mean? Why is it hard to find an affordable job to survive in this country? Why can't people live off minimum wage even when they're working full time? Why do people have an ego in them? Why are people selfish? Why do people think they're better than somebody else? Why do people think that they're not comparable to someone else? Why are the rich so stubborn? Why are the the poor friendlier than the rich? Why are the poor most likely to give up money when they don't have any? Why are the rich hard to convince to make a donation even though they have so much money? Why is everything so expensive in life? Why are there obstacles in any situation such as finding a job, work, school, college, family, and friends? And I summarized all those why questions in the In this one question, why is life so hard? I think there's 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 times when all of us, even though as we grow up, maybe we might get a little bit more comfortable with that, with those problems that we face. And we may not ask the question why so often. But I know middle aged people that are asking the question, why am I doing this job? I've been doing it for 15 or 20 years already. Why am I still doing it? Why did my family fail? Or I know older people who are, who are retired and maybe they have everything that they want and they're asking the question, why am I here? What is my purpose? And then I, I remember sitting with my own grandmother as she was on her her, in her last days of life, asking the question, why doesn't God just take me home? Why is life? It doesn't matter what age we are. There's still a why question that we want to ask. Why is life so hard? Well, let's start with the good news. God created all us. God created all of us to experience good, full satisfying and abundant life. When God created, he said, it is good. And he called everything that he created good. The only thing that God said was not good was that when he created the human, he realized the human was alone. And he said, that is not good. And so God put that human to sleep. And out of that human, God made two humans helpers to one another. So God created Adam and Eve to live peacefully, fully, abundant life in the garden. Now we're going to, we're going to jump forward thousands of years. We're going to start from the beginning of the Bible of the Old Testament. We're going to leap right to the beginning of the New Testament and talk about Jesus for a minute. And Jesus, in John chapter 10, verses 10 through 11... Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And he said as the good shepherd, he says, a thief comes to kill and steal and to destroy. 
Jesus says that I have come that we may have life and have it abundantly. He says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd who sacrifices his life for his sheep. Jesus has come. God has created us to live an abundant life, to live a good life, to live a satisfying life, to live a productive life. Now we're going to jump back to Adam and Eve because what God had for us didn't happen. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They stepped out of the boundaries, and Chrissy and Rebecca were saying this. Sometimes we make our own choices, and we have to deal with the consequences of our choices. And we step out of the life that God intends for us. And the result in that disobedience is that we no longer experience that abundant life that we were created for. Here's the life that God has for me. I see where the camera is. But we step outside of it. And in many ways we might say, well, here's the life that God has for me. But look at that life over there. That looks kind of interesting. And God has given me the choice to live my life the way I want to live. So thank you very much, God, for the life that you've got for me to live I'm going to take a moment and I'm just going to step over here and live this life. But all of a sudden I have stepped out of the boundaries of what God has set up for me to live my life. And, and the consequences of that is, is I have stepped away from God. I am no longer in that place where I'm listening to God as clearly as I was when I'm standing over here. So the result in disobeying God is that we no longer experience the abundant life. So our first reason, we've got four reasons. The first reason is that our own failure to follow God's way for our life causes our lives to be harder than God ever intended them to be. The choice is ours. We can follow God's way or we can follow another way. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 21 through 32, Paul writes, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the presence of God, renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then Paul gets more specific to tell us what that way is, what that true, what that righteous, what that holy way is, in very practical terms. And if you don't understand this, then we probably need to have some more conversation. <laughs> he says, stop telling lies. That's pretty clear, isn't it? That's the way that God has for us. Stop telling lies. 
Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Yes, we get angry. Even in the will of God, we get angry. Even God gets angry. God ought to be angry. But the instruction is not don't get angry. The instruction is don't allow the anger to control you. Instead, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because anger gives a foothold to the devil. He says, if you are a thief, stop stealing. (laughs) Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. What? God's plan for us is to experience good, hard work. I want to take us for a moment back to Genesis and think about what it was like for Adam and Eve before they sinned. We don't know how long they experienced that. We know that there was the tree uh, that God had time to show them around the garden. We know that, that, they, that they probably lived, who knows how long. But then the day come when the serpent came and tempted them, and Eve and Adam both chose to eat the apple and that God had forbidden them. From eating. But before that happened, do you think that they had to work? Do you think that God sent angels as servants with nicely prepared meals for, for them? Served them on a nice buffet table? And all Adam and Eve had to do was walk over there and pick up some food to eat? Don't you think that Adam still had to go out into the into the forest or into the earth and pick some fruit? Don't you think that Eve got hungry? And don't you think that Eve might have said to Adam, Hey, I'm kind of thirsty. Could you go get me some water? And do you think that Adam said, No, get it yourself. I kind of think that Adam, in the loving relationship that he had with Eve, was saying something like, I will be glad to go get you some water. And maybe he walked over there. I don't know what. Maybe he cut up, he found a gourd and he said, well, this would help me carry water. And he found a, I don't know, he found a rock or something and he cut the, the gourd and made a little bowl out of it so he could gather some, some more water so that she could have some extra. Do you think that he considered that tiresome and work? Because in the curse, the Bible tells us Only then was work toilsome. So I kind of imagine this, that a reclaimed, a redeemed vision of work for us means that we find we do the things that we can do and it produces things for other people and it makes other people's lives good and we're productive, we're creative, we're contributing to this world and it's a good thing because that's the way God made us. So we read in Ephesians right here. Paul Paul's teaching them if you're a thief stop stealing. Instead use your hands, use your hands for good hard work. That's the way that God has for us. Be productive. Sweat. Work hard. Dig the ditch. Sit down and study whatever it is, but work hard. 
Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Everything you say be good and helpful. There's a test for all of us. That's God's way. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. These are the ways that God has for us. And in those ways, we experience abundant life in Christ. So the first thing is, watch the ways in which we are stepping out of God's plan because we are the ones who choose not to follow God's ways for us. Second reason that life is so hard is because we're not the only ones who step out of God's plan. Other people have stepped out of God's plan for their lives, and that makes our lives more difficult also. Your choices do not affect only you. You know that, right? (laughs) And there are many of us who have experienced hardship in life because somebody else has made a choice that has made our life difficult. And that's a reality. It's a reality that we have to live with, and there are many times that we can't change it, but it still makes our life more difficult. We think of King David, who committed adultery in the springtime of the year when all the other kings, and this is what the Bible says in Second Samuel chapter 11, all the other kings were going to war at that time, but King David, he was confident, he was secure, he, he, was, he was satisfied in his own life, and he says, no, I'll send my commanders to go to war. I'm going to stay here in the city. And while his commanders were off at war, he looked out over his balcony and saw the beautiful woman Bathsheba. He knew that Bathsheba was married, but he desired her anyway. And so he he said to one of his servants, go bring that woman to me. And they slept together. He committed adultery with her. And he knew that others would find out his sin. And so he decided that he, well, if she didn't have a husband any longer... He would be okay. And so he said he he called her husband. Well, first he tried to call her husband back from the from the front lines so that he could sleep with his wife so that when she got pregnant, it could be his her husband's and not David's child. Covering over his sin. Paul says, stop telling lies. But David didn't get that lesson. And so Uriah was Bathsheba's husband. He came back, and he, because he was a soldier in the army, he said to David, I can't sleep with my wife when my, the, the soldiers who are under my command are out at battle. I can't do that to them. So he slept outside his house that night. Well, that made David even more angry. So he sent Uriah back to the battlefield, but he told this other commander orders that to, put, to command Uriah to go to the fiercest part of the battle and then instruct his... Uh, David's soldiers to pull back so that Uriah would surely be killed. And that's exactly what happened. And then the word came back that Uriah was killed in battle. And Bathsheba wept and mourned. And David said, oh, here's this woman who no longer has a husband. I need to be, become her husband. 
bring her to me. And David married Bathsheba. But God knew. Many people suffer because our choices. And we suffer because of others' choices. And we still need to deal with that. But God is always with us. I think it's easy for us in our culture. We're, so, we're such an individualistic culture. We, we, we talk about my rights. I have to have my rights. No, you don't. <laughs> Jesus teaches us to give up our rights for the sake of others. So we wear our masks so that others don't get sick. We make a choice for the good of others in that. There's a third reason that life is hard. And that reason is growth requires stress. Boy, I hate this one. That's a horrible phrase, isn't it? Growth requires stress. God created life that begins and ends. And growth always involves difficulty. Consider it pure joy, then, to experience hardship. So Paul teaches us to rejoice in all things. Because through that hardship, you are going to get stronger. Everybody that goes to the gym knows this. Even those of us who don't go to the gym (laughs) know this. That's partly why we go to the gym, because it hurts to go to the gym. But we're not going to be healthy unless we exercise. We're not going to gain muscle unless we strain the one that we've got. I say I only got one. (laughs) Unless we strain the ones that we've got. We're not going to get stronger. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, we read these words. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace. We've been made, we come to Jesus, we confess our sins, God makes us right with Him, our sins are forgiven. And that gives us peace. Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. And because of our faith, Paul writes, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing the glory of God. That is where God brings us. And we also can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. Because we know that they, the problems and trials, help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. Because we know how dearly God loves us. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill Our hearts with love. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? This is the the antidote to a hard life. To the why questions of life. Come to Christ. Let God fill you with His Holy Spirit. You will have the forgiveness. You will have peace through your faith in Jesus Christ. You will know that God loves you. And if you were the only person on this earth, Jesus would still come down. And save you. God loves you. 
and He has come to save you. We know how dearly God loves us. I, I a long time ago, I heard a story uh, about a, the difference between a palm tree and a hardwood tree. And and I, as I gave this last night, Russ was there last night, and I wrestled with the words. In a, in a hardwood tree, the living cells of the tree are just underneath the bark, and every year those cells die off. And what what is unique about hardwood trees is that is that every year they grow a new set of cells that brings the nutrients from the ground up to the leaves and keeps the tree nourished. But those every year those dead cells on the inside make that tree brittle, but it also makes that tree very strong. We use it to build our homes and to build all kinds of things, and it's a good thing. But because it's brittle, when strong winds come, those, those branches can bend only so far, and then because they're brittle, they will snap off. But a palm tree is different. Remember this, the, the living tree, the living cells on a hardwood tree are on the outside rings of that tree, of that trunk. But a palm tree is different. The living cells in a palm tree are in the center of the trunk. And they don't regenerate every year. They just get longer every year. And so this, this cell, the, the, this xylem and phloem that, that are inside the center of the palm tree stay alive for the entire life of the tree. And a palm tree will get a diameter, but then it won't change anymore. It just keeps getting taller and taller. As it grows. But because of that, a palm tree who, that, that is alive in its center is able to be very flexible so that when the strong winds come, the palm tree will bend over, some of them almost to the ground before they break, making them very durable in times of difficulty. But a brittle hardwood tree, I remember. Carolyn and I got married in 1991. Part of our honeymoon we spent in, in Charleston, South Carolina, and it was just two years after Hurricane Hugo devastated Charleston. And even after two years, all the hardwood trees in Charleston, South Carolina, still had not recovered fully. And it looked like somebody had taken a lawnmower and just all the trees in the city. And we were expecting to have a beautiful city for our honeymoon. <laughs> I thought, well, this is hot and ugly. Where's the shade? <laughs> because the hardwood trees couldn't endure the trouble and the trials that the hurricane brought. But the palm trees, being flexible, were able to recover much more quickly because they were alive in their heart. That's what Jesus does for us. Jesus brings life to our core. Jesus brings new life to us. The old life is shed away and we are alive in our center, making us able to, to, as Paul said, run toward hardship and trials. We don't have to run around it. When Christ is in us, we can go through it. Now that Paul also said, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus is the one. That does this. Growth requires stress. So don't be afraid of the trials and the temptations, but face it with Christ being in your heart. And finally, the fourth thing place your hope in Jesus and let endurance have its full effect. 
James 1, 2 through 7 reads this way. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, because you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Don't stop faith from growing in your life. And believe me, you have the choice to allow it to grow or to shut it down so that you no longer are living in the presence and in the power of God. You've got to let it grow in you. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, then you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. God has us on this plan, this place, to live our lives abundantly. Jesus came so that we could... So, so He is the Good Shepherd leading us to the place of abundant life. But it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult. But He has given us the means, especially when we place our hope and our trust in Him. We confess our sins to Him. He says, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete Needing nothing. And that word perfect, don't hear, don't hear that word as being just like everybody else. We, we think we have a, a, a limited understanding of what the biblical idea of perfect is. Another word to use in this place instead of perfect is the word mature. Complete. And I've used this example often about fruit and how we can have a banana and an orange and an apple and a pineapple. Every one of them can be perfect, can't they? But none of them will taste the same. They're perfect when they are mature. So God is leading you to maturity. I'm going to say these words that are kind of harsh. Ooh, hear it in love. We all, we all have to grow up. (laughs) We all have to grow up. And that's painful. But Jesus in our hearts helps us do that. Life is hard and difficult often, but God created us to live a life of satisfaction and purpose. And in this act of communion that we're going to take this morning, and if you're watching at home, now's the time when you can, you can it's, it's communion Sunday, so we'll have a blessing and then you can serve communion uh, to one another in your homes. And if you're here today, uh, we have communion set for you on the tables. Be very careful as you open them. There's a, there's a small little wafer uh, under the cellophane there, and then the foil. Underneath the foil, you peel the foil off, and there's a, there's a little bit of juice there. There's, there's sanitizer to clean your hands before you open these things. If you would like to come forward to receive communion, you take that risk, but I'm willing to serve this to you if you want to come. Uh, and, and serve this. Pastor Vaughn, if you'd help me again do that, I'd appreciate it. Like the palm tree, is your core alive in Christ? Are there things that you need to confess? Do you need to tell the truth to God about your life? He knows the truth anyway, but a lot of times we just need to be honest with God and say, God, I get it. I know I've stepped out of the will that you have for me. I want to get back to you, Jesus. Forgive me. And I, I can't live this life without your Holy Spirit filling me. Remind me, God, of your love that you have for me. Come and fill my heart. Fill my life with your presence as I live for you.
Will you place your hope in Jesus? Will you confess your failures to God? Will you ask Jesus to continually fill you with his power, his love, and his teaching so that you may live the plans that he has for you? These are plans for your good, not for your harm. Plans to help others. Plans to prosper. This is the promise that Jesus has for us. I encourage you to fill out one of the Connect cards if you want to pray or you ask ask for prayers for others. Uh, or for, for somebody else in your life. But let's prepare our hearts as we come to receive this sacrament of communion this morning. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you for giving yourself to us. Thank you for this gift. We remember that night when Jesus was betrayed. That night he took the bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, the new life given for you and for many. For the forgiveness of sins. And he offers it to his disciples. To his followers. Heavenly Father we thank you for giving yourself to us today. We thank you for your son Jesus. That you sent him on the cross. Lord you know. You know our life. You know that it's difficult. You know that it's hard. You know know that we'll face painful experiences you know and some of us God have already suffered greatly because of the choices of other people we had no choice in that but they did it and now I've got to live with this we need your power to strengthen us to strengthen us to forgive others and we need your direction light our way show us the way that you want us to live and give us your presence to be able to do that. We thank you. We pray that you give us your Holy Spirit upon this bread and upon this juice and upon the, the, all the pieces of bread that are, that are represented here today and the juice that is in the homes. Come Holy Spirit and bless all of us that we might be the people that you want us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a moment and serve Uh, one another in your home and here in the room. You can serve each other at your table or if you desire to come forward, Pastor Vaughn and I will be up here ready to serve you.
Well, Lord, we thank you for giving yourself to us in the way. Thank you for inviting us to the table. Thank you for setting the table for us because you love us. Thank you. Jesus, Adam and Eve may not have had anybody to set the table for them, but we all have Jesus who has come and has set the table for us and invited us all to come to the table. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Now, go with us, Holy Spirit, as we leave this place and we go to serve others in your name. Light our way and help us carry that light for others. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. God bless you. Remember the connect cards, the next steps. Stay together and uh, we'll pray for each other. We'll see you next week.